Welcome to Preparedness Thoughts with John Stephenson. John understands the importance of being prepared. Through rain, rocks, and snow, he has seen it all and survived. He has seen major disasters like Mount St. Helens and how vehicles were stopped in the street from the volcanic ash. Earthquakes, too, including the Loma Prieta earthquake, which felt like it wouldn't stop shaking. People were without electricity and could not hardly buy groceries or gasoline. The homeless lit bonfires in the streets. The Bay Bridge and other freeways were broken. God only knows what will be next. Welcome to Preparedness Thoughts by John Stephenson. We invite Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit to guide us as we examine how our preparations can be used to preserve the life of ourselves, our family, and others. Well, I just love this song. Our God is an awesome God. He reigns from heaven above with wisdom, power, and love. Our God is an awesome God. God has a plan for the salvation of mankind. God's plan is for us to believe on Jesus and for us to demonstrate that we believe. We try to follow the example of Jesus Christ. You might say, Be ye holy, for he is holy. Some people are concerned that they have committed the unpardonable sin. I suggest to you that 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 one sin is the sin of unbelief. But check it out for yourself. Pray and read the Bible. Again, we demonstrate that we believe by living the life that he would have us to live. God's plan of salvation was to send Jesus to die on the cross as payment for the sins of mankind and for all of my sins as well. I simply accept this free gift from God and I repent. You see, in my appreciation of this gift, I turn from all that God considers sin and I try to live a life pleasing to God instead of a life which was mostly pleasing to my momentary idea of pleasure. To help us understand these ideas, God gave us his book, the Bible. It has stories which we can identify with, mankind who struggled, who failed, and who walked with God. This process of understanding our new relationship with God is often called a born-again experience, and it is lovely. Now, I'll talk for a moment about my own thoughts about what, at some point, our future holds. Simply put, after the great tribulation period, the earth will have a born-again experience. Meanwhile, we will see that where sin abounds, grace will abound more. Similarly, a single candle burns brighter in the darkness of difficulty than in the light of a normal day. Our choice to choose God's good living instead of living in the sin pattern of the world, will become a more obvious choice. We on earth will have to choose one direction or the other, godly living or worldly living. And this choice will determine the destiny of your eternal soul. I urge you to choose life and to choose life more abundantly. With God, through Jesus Christ, and with the Holy Spirit. Renew your steadfast conviction to God and look forward to the world to come, that is to say, God's righteous world. As we seek to follow God's two great commandments, which are to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. This is episode 21 Being prepared physically is very good, but it is more important that you are spiritually prepared for whatever is coming. Your letters with questions or donations are important. John Stephenson, P.O. Box 7222, Chico, California, 95927. Email prepareforgod at usa.com or call 628-7222. 
Thank you for listening to Preparedness Thoughts on KKXX. My Savior called to thee. How great thou art. How great thou art. Saddle up your horses. Welcome to Red Sky Radio with Rob Walter. This is the program that proclaims liberty to the captives of our beloved nation, where truth trumps political correctness, where the uncompromised word of God exposes the works of darkness and sets free those held hostage behind the iron curtain of a shamelessly biased media. For God has called us to stand for truth, and having done all to stand, we will stand. It's time to fight the good fight of faith to preserve our country, our families, fortunes, and sacred honor to protect our property, our schools, and yes, maybe even salvage some of our churches. America, we have a trail to blaze. It's time to saddle up. It's time to ride. Now, here is your host of Red Sky Radio, Rob Walter. Well, hello, America, and welcome world to Red Sky Radio, where we ride hard for the brand of Jesus Christ. God bless you packed program. As always, we are not going to fiddle around with anything here to begin with other than a quick reference to the website. In case you want to contact me, it's info at redskyradio.net. Info at redskyradio.net. Gosh, there is so much I'd like to talk about. We have, it just seems like I've got programs lined up for forever. Uh, I mean, from Gosh, why there is no such thing as a pre-tribulation rapture? Uh, I could spend I could spend six weeks just on that topic. Six weeks easily, and why there is no and and you wouldn't need six weeks to understand it. It'd just be six weeks for all the reasons why it's not possible. Uh, to why we are headed towards a division in this country, geographically, politically, and as in a is a secession movement. It's going to be, it's coming, whether it's associated with civil war, I don't know. It's an inevitability in this country. Things that we need to pray for and prepare for. The divide that is coming, which is really a way towards peace. You know, a good war, people say, what's a good war? Good war is a good, a war that leads to peace. I may do a message on that next week. I don't know. I'll see whether God leads me to that. But let's get rolling because we got so much. Again, I have a fair amount of good news. And I want to start, actually, with, I want to start with the Mueller report only in a very, very limited capacity. This has been covered from A to Z, soup to nuts, beginning to end, the whole nine yards on a host of mainstream radio programs and TV programs. Uh, this happened after the last program. I'm not the first one to it. I don't have really uh, a lot to add except just a few comments that I want to make, and then we're going to move on from there. But first of all, it does top our list of good news stories that Donald Trump has been vindicated. His campaign has once again been vindicated. I mean, I don't know how many times you have to vindicate his campaign. Apparently, a lot of times, or his election is really what I'm trying to say. But this is good news. This is good news just not for Trump, but for our government, really, ultimately, for the people of this country, for the United States, for our Constitution. It's it's good news. But I have to say, I just have never seen such foaming at the mouth and continuous hatred by the left of of virtually everything that Donald Trump stands for or speaks to. Such vile hatred for conservatives, for Christians, increasingly Jews. As I've said, all the Jew haters are Democrats now. And mind you, I'm not taking a pro... You might think I'm just a rock-solid Republican. I'd get embarrassed at things of the Republican Party, and here's why. 
The Democrats are truly completely evil. But the Republicans, in one sense, many of them are worse because they know better and they don't do better. They know better and they compromise, which I will show you something which will start, should startle you coming out of two stories, actually, out of Georgia today. One good news, one uh, not so good news, which will startle you. But the fact of the matter is everything the left touches, it ruins. It totally ruins. I mean, this is, I know you say, gosh, this doesn't sound like good news, but I'm, I'm, I'm trying to explain how good the good news is about Mueller's um, not finding any obstruction of justice, no collusion, the collusion delusion. I mean, I was thrilled to see Trump's rally in Grand Rapids the other night, which is sort of my hometown. I grew up about 15, 18 miles to the east of Grand Rapids. People ask me where I'm from. I said, well, you won't know where I'm from, but let's just say it's very close to Grand Rapids. So it's And it's where I was born. I was born in Grand Rapids. So uh, it's sort of my hometown in that sense. But the fact that the left continues to disbelieve now the Mueller report, I mean, 70%, 7-0 of the people in California still believe Trump is guilty, that he somehow stole this election. Why is it the left cannot accept the election results? Because it's a reflection on them. They, the left is fundamentally elitist, and so is much of the right. We'll talk about Barbara Bush a few minutes if we get a chance to a little later on the program about how elitist the establishment Republicans are. But I've come to this conclusion that the people who still think that Donald Trump stole this election, who still think that there's Russian collusion, these are the people that I'm, I am now convinced are the ones who still think the earth is flat, that we really didn't go to the moon, that tomatoes are fundamentally poisonous. I, I don't know how else you get it. This collusion fantasy crowd, is, uh, it just concludes that the right is guilty of everything. And if you ask anybody from the left, do you think that Donald Trump has anything to do with the declining lemur population and Madagascar? Trust me, the majority of them would say yes. I don't know how you can't reason with these people because they don't know what reason is. All right, next piece of good news. Trump is expanding the Mexico City policy. Now, the Mexico City policy is a policy that doesn't permit U.S., meaning your tax dollars and my tax dollars, to go overseas to fund the slaughter of innocent unborn children. He's expanding it in a way that, I have to say it again, this is yet another means or way by which Donald Trump has exceeded Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan was a, a pro-life supporter, no doubt about it. The Mexico City policy, no funds go overseas to support the slaughter of the innocent unborn. But this is what Ronald Reagan and George Bush, number two, did not do. That Donald Trump is doing. He's the most pro-life president in the history of the United States, or certainly in the history of our pro, our post Roe v. Wade world. Let me put it that way. Because even Democrats were pro-life at some point. Well, not maybe not, because Democrats supported uh, slavery. They were the protagonists for slavery. They supported the Jim Crow laws. Sorry if you want to think otherwise, but you're wrong if you think otherwise. The Democrats were behind slavery. They supported slavery. They were against the Underground Railroad. They supported the Jim Crow laws. They have a. They have actually been have a long-standing policy against innocent life, but this is what Trump is doing. That exceeds everything anybody else has done. Yes, he reinstituted the Mexico City policy, 
But the Mexico City policy did not clamp down on giving money to organizations that though they may not have supported directly abortion causes, some of them were turning around and sending those funds on to other organizations that slaughter the unborn or support it. This is where the expansion is coming. Mike Pompeo, great Secretary of State, says, quote, we're also making clear we will refuse to provide assistance to foreign non-governmental organizations that give financial support to other foreign groups in the global abortion industry, end quote. And trust me, folks, it is an industry. Continuing the quote, we will enforce a strict prohibition on backdoor funding schemes. American taxpayer dollars will not be used to underwrite abortions. So Pompeo is stating that reducing their contributions to the Organization of American States is actually going to save Americans a ton of money, and it's also going to reduce the abortion funding that goes on at the, that at the Organization of American States. Look, we fund the slaughter of the unborn so many ways. Now, will America avoid the judgment personally? I don't think so. But we have a stay of execution under Donald Trump that's critical. Kristen Hawkins, president of Students for Life of America, who attended this State Department's announcement, said the following, quote, the Trump administration has been the most pro-life administration in history, and Secretary Pompeo and President Trump should be thanked for closing the loopholes that allowed non-governmental organizations to take our taxpayer dollars and give them to subcontractors that commit or promote abortions. Family Research Council President Tony Perkins had this to say, quote, From day one, the Trump administration is set to work to build a wall between taxpayers and international abortion on demand. This president has gone beyond stopping the pro-abortion policies of Barack Obama. He is restoring and he is expanding the pro-life policies of Ronald Reagan. Just another way Donald Trump has earned the moniker of best modern-day president of the United States. Now, the next piece of good news here, you're going to think is a bit odd, but I'm going to explain why it's really good news. You have these people who claim to be the occupants of the high moral ground, such as Alyssa Milano, who is just abortion, 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 abortion. You know, I don't support abortion even if it were of her. <clears throat> Though we're stuck living with this moronic morality that they call a higher morality. But she's obtained 50 fellow actors to sign a letter threatening the state of Georgia with a boycott over their heartbeat bill, meaning, hey, no more abortions in Georgia once a heartbeat is detected. This is what we talked about last week where Georgia and some other states uh, Mississippi's passed it, Kentucky passed it, uh, Indiana, I'm sorry, Tennessee is considering it. So she's gone on to get these 50 people to sign on to a boycott. I think this is fabulous. I wish Arizona and Michigan and all these other states would go out and pass these bills. I, l- listen, folks, I want Hollywood to boycott my state. I want those leftist losers to keep their derrieres out of this state. I want them to go film their trashy films somewhere else. I do not want leftist influence or presence in this state. When that one loser on the left, I don't know, he was the president of the state senate in Washington, vowed to boycott Arizona, I said, hallelujah, keep out of here. We don't want you here. I don't want everybody in my house. I don't invite everybody to a party. I don't welcome everybody to every event. 
because I know that not all share the faith. There Some are there to ruin things, to spoil things, to defile things. I think it's fabulous when Hollywood boycotts. So, no, of course, they're liars. They're liars. We know Rachel Maddow was vacationing in Tennessee last week when the story broke about, oh, gee, I can't even remember what it was. Oh, I'm sorry, the Mueller report. She's vacationing in Tennessee. These are the people who say, well, you know what, we, we, uh, we're going to boycott your state. And so, so what? Do we need your lousy couple thousand bucks in Arizona while you spend a couple days at the Ritz-Carlton in Scottsdale or something? No. Keep your sorry fanny out of here. Don't let the screen door slap you on the way out and let the screen door be locked on your way in. I don't need the Ocasio-Cortezes of the world coming to Arizona or any other state that I love. Stay out. And speaking of Alexandria, she has come out today stating that it is a vast right-wing conspiracy that is ruining her. Yep. Does this sound familiar? This is Hillary Clinton all over again. The vast right-wing conspiracy. Where does that vast right-wing conspiracy exist, Alexandria? Is it the collusion against you formed at CNN, at ABC, NBC, CBS, MSNBC, National Public Radio, NPR? Where is this collusion? Where is this vast conspiracy? The vast conspiracy only exists on the left. Well, you know, all she really needs to do is look in the mirror. And she will see, well, no, I better not say that. I can't say that. I got to shift gears here. That's not very nice, Rob. We need to be nice to this little leftist who I'm thrilled to find out that there is a um, another Hispanic woman who's rising up to run against Ocasio-Cortez in New York City to defeat her because she cannot, can't stand this woman. More on that, actually, in just a second. But this is she's a woman who, when the Green New Deal goes down 57 to nothing in the Senate, 50, there's not one single vote cast for the Green New Deal. And she contends it's a vast right-wing conspiracy. A vast right-wing conspiracy that exists apparently in the Senate called mostly Republicans. That's the vast right wing. And uh, you know what? I'm sorry. But there is a level of stupidity. She She's challenging Maxine Waters and Nancy Pelosi for the, for the uh, inside position in the race to uh, stupid land. She's asking for a recount. 57 to nothing, and she wants a recount. Now, I want to just share something, and I want to get off, because I don't like spending time on her, and I don't. This is most this minute and a half of the most I think I've spent on her. She isn't worth it. But you know who's behind the campaign to unseat her? Look, the woman who's announced to run against her is not a Republican. I don't think there are any in Brooklyn. This is one of those districts that the vote count is 125% of the total number of registered Democrats. Because Democrats are into voter fraud. They invented it. The ones that are against her are the establishment Democrats. Because the establishment Democrats are getting concerned about this radical leftism that they can't even catch up with, even if they tried. They're concerned about this emergence of manifest, blatant Jew-hating, which is exclusive to the Democrat Party. That's what they're concerned about. They say, we got to get rid of this little yin-yang before she takes us all down. Not Republicans that are behind it. So then you have Maxine Waters, who I sort of not so easily segued towards. 
And I would say this about Nancy Pelosi, too, except Nancy Pelosi did not make the idiotic comment the other day that Maxine Waters made. Though Nancy probably exceeds Maxine in the total idiotic comment vote total, no doubt she does. But Maxine Waters said the reason that the Mueller report didn't go right is that Trump has gotten into, I got to quote this, said Trump, quote, got into people's heads to believe there was no collusion. Donald Trump got into people's heads to believe there's no collusion. Now, how does Donald Trump get into people's heads? When MSNBC hates Trump's guts and lie and deceive and all this stuff, CNN, the worst news station in the world, Communist News Network, whatever you want to call it, hates Trump, lies about him, does everything. ABC, NBC, CBS, NPR, every university, every government institution of lower learning hates Trump. The media moguls hate Trump. The House of Representatives hate Trump. Wait a second. Wait a second. When you don't control any of the media and you only name about two or three people essentially as allies, Sean Hannity, Mark Levin, a few others that are out there on on talk radio, such as myself, but I'm just a little schmo in the world of talk radio. If that's all you have supporting you, and you have this enormous, monolithic, left-wing media against you. How does Donald Trump get into people's heads? He's got no voice. He's got no... Are you telling me, Maxine, baby, that Donald Trump has a gazillion otherwise erstwhile left-wing Democrats that are Twitter followers? Of the Donald? Is that what you are saying? Is how do you get into people's heads when you have no means to get into people's heads? When people's heads are controlled by everything else? Look, the left the, the, the left banked its hopes on Hillary Rodham. R-O-T-T-E-M, because she's rotten from the inside out. How do you get... They banked on Hillary Rodham Clinton. That hope was dashed. Then the left banked its hopes on electoral college challenges, because we know that they will stop at nothing to unseat Trump. They say so bank their their hopes on Hillary Rodham and voter fraud, and that's dashed. And because voter fraud didn't work, because they didn't think that what they did was even necessary. Actually, who needs voter fraud when you're running against Donald Trump? It's a no-brainer. We got this locked up. So the left then banked its hopes on the Electoral College challenges. That was dashed. Then the left banked its hopes on lawsuits. That was dashed. The left has banked its hopes on a continuously nauseating anti-Trump media barrage day in and day out for two years to try to overcome the good news of a great economy and a recognized Jewish capital. You go right on down the line. Pro-life. Stopping the all the queer crapola that Obama stuck us with and slowing it down. They've banked on the media. Those hopes were dashed. And finally, the left banked its hopes on Mr. Mueller and the Russian collusion theory. 
And so that's dashed. Folks, we have had meltdown after meltdown after meltdown after meltdown after meltdown by the left. They recoagulate just in time to be melted down again. Because they just cannot. These are the ones who push democracy, yet they can't accept the results thereof. Well, I got I have to pass on to you an interesting scripture. There is a biblical application to what is going on here because these people are in a continuous fit of rage over the fact that Donald Trump won and with all their crooked shenanigans and power and money, they can't defeat the guy. Now, maybe they will in 2020. I don't know what's going to happen next year. I certainly hope not. I want four more years of this guy. We need him like we've never needed a Donald Trump before. But this is a passage of Scripture that applies to Mr. Trump, and it's in the book of Psalms. I'm going to let you find that if you want. Psalms 1. No, I'm sorry. Psalm 2. I misspoke. Psalm 2 says something that I sense to be applicable as to what is going on and the role that God is playing and using Donald Trump to accomplish in response to prayers of people in this country for a restoration of wholeness. It says in Psalm 2, why do the heathen rage? You could drop in Democrat here or establishment Republican if you want. But why do the Democrats rage? No, it doesn't say that. But why do the heathen rage? Well, certainly it fits because the Democrats are heathen and the Democrats are raging. They have serial meltdowns left and right. They are, they're always enraged from bloody fake heads of Trump by Kathy Griffin to Samantha B. You know what? I don't even want to go into that part. They're so vile and despicable. Why do the heathen rage? And the people, meaning the Democrats here, imagine a vain thing that Trump stole the election. The kings of the earth, meaning all the power people here in the Democrat uh, world, set themselves and take counsel together against the Lord. Is Trump the Lord? No. But it says against the Lord and against his anointed. Is Donald Trump anointed? I'm going to absolutely tell you yes. This is going to shock you because he's even a because he's people say he may not even be a Christian. I don't care. You don't have to be a Christian to be anointed by God. If God puts something on you to do and he turns your heart to do something like he turned the heart of Nebuchadnezzar, like he turned the heart of a heathen king by the name of Cyrus, O Cyrus, my man, O Nebuchadnezzar, my servant, if you have been touched by God and tasked by God to do something, you've been anointed by him. I'll finish this topic when we get back. Don't go away. Red Sky Radio with Rob Walter is a listener-supported program. Please know that 100% of your contribution goes to pay for airtime so that as many people as possible are able to hear that the Word of God has answers to every meaningful problem and issue in life. No one gets paid a salary at Red Sky Radio with Rob Walter, but in response to your support, we pledge to bring you the most timely and critical information you need to help make informed decisions in this age of media bias and a growing hostility to all things Christian. Your partnership makes you one of the watchmen on the wall with us as described in the book of Ezekiel. Please send your support to Red Sky Radio, P.O. Box 99, Wickenburg, Arizona, 85358. That's Red Sky Radio, P.O. Box 99, Wickenburg, Arizona, 85358. Thank you.
We are back. This is Rob Boulder with Red Sky Radio. We were talking just before the break about the application of Psalm 2 to the Democrats' attempt, their serial raging episodes, their serial meltdowns after their rage is nonproductive, following their serial collusion among themselves, their serial fake news stories, the only ones that have colluded here are the Democrats. Let's look at Hillary. It's time to send her derriere to prison. Yeah, it absolutely is. It's time. Maybe who knows? Maybe Obama's guilty. I don't think we have even scratched the surface because why? Because the left occupies the deep state within the FBI, the DOJ, and all these things. They're all covering. But Psalm 2 applies to what we were talking about before the break as it relates to the rage of the left and the, the, the super ungodly, which brings to my mind another passage of Scripture, but the super ungodly in the American political world to bring down somebody that God has anointed. And I know people are going to disagree with this, that that no way Trump can be anointed. Well, if you say there's no way Trump can be anointed, then you can say that God is not sovereign. That's what you're saying. That God could not sovereignly decide to use somebody, whether they have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ or not. You've said God cannot sovereignly use somebody. And if God's sovereignly using somebody and turning their heart, God has anointed them. He has chosen them. He's placed his spirit within them to accomplish a specific purpose, just as God did with a heathen named Cyrus, just as God did with a heathen ruler named Nebuchadnezzar. Neither of them were the least bit Christian or for our for all intents and purposes here and the application, neither were the least bit orthodox Jew. Not even close. So, Psalm 2. Why do the heathen rage? The democrats are heathen. They're raging. They melt down about every other month when some new scheme collapses. Why do the people imagine a vain thing? This is God speaking. Why do these democrats imagine something to have happened that didn't happen? Do you see how the word applies to virtually everyday politics? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed. So Jesus Christ is the Lord. Donald Trump is not the Lord. But it says the Lord and his anointed. As I just said, if God has touched him and tasked him and purposed him with something that God has put in his heart to do, he's anointed. And the heathen rage against the appointment and the recognition of of Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. The heathen rage against the recognition of the Golan Heights as being sovereign territory of the nation of Israel. The heathen rage about building a wall that would protect our culture and our faith to from incoming hordes that don't share that. The heathen rage against somebody that would stop the LGBTQRSTUVWXYZ movement and its agenda to impose upon our children all the debauchery that and demonic, devilish, destructive things that the left has brought into the public school system, most of which I'm, which I'm going to have to save till next week because you'll see that it's not safe to have your children in California schools, not even kindergarten. Why do the heathen rage? against a Donald Trump. Why do the Democrats rage? Because he expands a Mexico City policy, and they're all about death and destruction. And you don't think that they're demonically inspired? Well, it says about the devil that he came to steal. Well, the Democrats steal elections. They came to kill. Well, they love to kill the unborn and they are and, and to destroy. It says the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And the, and the Democrats are out to destroy this nation. They are demonically inspired. But I'm not done with Psalm 2 and its present application 
to the Mueller investigation and the demonic response to the results, and they'll just simply continue on. So I got to, so I don't lose the continuity. I just have to read this again. So why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing about Donald Trump? The kings of the earth set themselves, the rulers take counsel against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, now this is what the left says, against those, the anointed, those who are purposed and tasked with God's will. Let us break their bands asunder. And let us cast away their cords from us. In other words, this is what the left is saying about Trump. Let us break every hold, every bear, everything he has in his grip. Let us break it, bust it, destroy it, kill it, steal it, malign it, libel it, <laughs> slander it. That's what they do. Let us cast away their cords. In other words, let us drive from our conscience anything and everything that this man stands for because we can't stand his presence so much because even a man who doesn't preach the gospel is doing gospel things, is doing righteous things, and bringing the demonic left under a conviction that has them wanting to destroy everything he touches that is good because they the left is about ruining everything. Verse 4 of Psalm 2. He, the Lord God Almighty, Lord God, Lord God Jehovah, Elohim, El Shaddai, oh yeah, bring it on. He that sits in the heavens shall laugh at them. The Lord shall have them in derision. Do you hear this? Can you hear what God thinks of the demonic left and their attempt to bring down a man that he has put in place to accomplish his purpose? God is laughing at the Democrats. He holds them in derision. Is he thrilled with Republicans? No way, man. Not the ones that have compromised, like I said last week. It was the it, in, in covering the thing about Nehemiah, the establishment Republicans, the Tobias and the, the nobles of Judah, the nobles of Jerusalem that were consorting with those who were trying to prevent the wall being taken down from being built. I'm sorry. You see, the Lord is in control here. The Lord is going to accomplish his purpose no matter how many Democrats line up against him, no matter how many establishment Republicans come out and try to subvert and pervert everything that this man attempts to do. Is he the, is he the hallmark of perfection? Far be it. But if God is using him, have at it. God use this man, and he is. Let me read that again. The Lord God sits in heaven and shall laugh. Who's he laughing at? The heathen that are raging. The people who are imagining a vain thing. The collusion that never happened. The ones that want to break the bands of God's anointed. The ones that want to cast away the cords that that hold the administration together, those are the ones God is sitting there laughing at. Those are the ones God holds in complete, absolute derision. Wow. You don't think the Bible applies to everyday life? You know what you just got to do? You just got to try reading it. Okay, you know what? I am so far behind in the stuff that I've got to cover here. Let me see. I got to skip that. I got to skip that. I got to skip that. Or I'll put it off till next week. Maybe I can get back to it. I I, I don't know why. I want these two stories. I I just feel like I need to cover because we've talked about establishment Republicans, and frankly, 
those who hide behind the curtains of a fake conservative moniker are as despicable, if not more despicable, than the Democrats who very outward manifest and open about their evil. It's sort of like the the ten tribes of Israel that were lost and gone, idol worship, sexual debauchery, you name it, they loved it, they proclaimed it, they advertised it, they subsidized it. And yet God said Judah, which knew better, was worse, because Judah knew better. And yet they sinned and they ended up committing practices worse than the ten tribes, and God held Judah more accountable than the than Israel or Samaria, the ten tribes, that incidentally were the result of secession. So here's Barbara Bush coming out, speaking about establishment Republicans. Sorry, Barbara, you're dead, but I'm not going to hold you in any high regard, even though that you've passed on wherever the heck you've passed on to. And I'm not real hopeful, but I'm not here to judge, but I do know a tree by its fruit. So she said that she blamed her heart attack on George Bush. The biography that's come out about her, that she made no apologies, minced no words about blaming her heart attack on Donald Trump, even though Barbara didn't really have one. She blamed the heart attack she didn't have. She suffered from uh, from um, cardiovascular disease. And then some, I think it was um, a fib thing. And yeah, she had heart, but she didn't have a heart attack. But to make the point, she said she had one and blamed it on Donald Trump. She went on to say that her dislike of him started as early as 1990. Well, Barbara, I know you're dead and departed, but I have to say this. My dislike of you preceded 1990. I began disliking you in 1988 when the word was out that uh, you were pro-abortion, you were pro-queer sex, you didn't share any Republican ideals, you hated Donald Trump, so you said, because he was a symbol of greed and ruthless capitalism. Well, that's interesting coming from a woman who did not do jack squat diddly to produce one bit of the income that you luxuriously enjoyed from Houston all the way up to Kennebunkport and everything in between. And I, to this day, still wonder whether that rumor was true, that President Reagan was forced to pick your husband as a vice president, a member of the Trilateral Commission, your husband, or else he would have been assassinated. I don't know. I don't have the information to say that, but you're all whacked out of shape because Trump has called your son low-energy Jeb. Is that the deal? Because you didn't have the guts to stand up and stand out for that which is right, which means that you actually didn't embrace, embrace that which was right, Barbara. So quit well, you're 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 done saying it, but I have no interest in having the left trade in this media that somehow Donald Trump caused the heart attack that you never had because you didn't like his capitalism, which you never employed or enjoyed because you got it the old-fashioned way. You inherited it. Gosh. You see, I hate stinky establishment Republicans just as much or more than demonic Democrats. Republicans that compromise. You know where I stand on that. I, I'm sorry I, I can't get away from it, but I think it's because the days are are here, and they're here with increased intensity where we cannot compromise. I wanted to I want to share a little vignette from just three days ago. I was in a business meeting with two women regarding a matter which I do not need to get into, but if they decided to agree with me, if they decide to, that they liked me, they decide that they appreciated what I had to offer them, it would be very profitable to me. Maybe not very profitable to uh, Barbara Bush, but very profitable to me as a regular schmo in this world. 
And the two women said, and it's interesting because this popped up. It was sort of a non sequitur. I don't know what triggered their question. But the elder of the two women, the one who was the ultimate decision maker, who was there with her assistant, said to me, what do you think of Donald Trump? Out of the blue. And I looked her in the eye and I said, looked both of them best I could in the eyes and said, I love the guy for what he's doing. He is the best modern day president we've ever had. Now, I shared that with another party, and they said, oh, my gosh, you let that enter into a business discussion? I said, I didn't let it enter. They brought it in. Well, what did you say? I told them. I said, I absolutely love the guy for what he has done. I think I would like him a lot personally if I had a chance to meet him. I would love to meet him, but maybe I wouldn't like him personally. I don't know. I think I would, but I love what he's doing. And I told her that, or these two. And they looked at me, and you should have seen the breadth and the depth of the smiles that emerged from both of their faces and with the four thumbs up, there are two of them, just to keep the math straight here, there are two of them, four thumbs up from these two. Now, do I have this business deal? I don't know. Still hasn't been concluded. Maybe I won't. Maybe that we won't do it for other reasons. But I didn't compromise, folks. I didn't weenie my way out of this thing. I didn't just scurry around trying to find some little way to cover my hiney here on the deal. Speak up and speak out and let the chips fall where they may. Look, you have a God in heaven that will that sits in heaven and shall laugh at those who will hold you in a disregard. Those who would want to bring you down. Those who want to cast your cords away. Those who can't stand you and what you stand for. Your God in heaven holds them in derision. Your God in heaven is laughing at those people who would make fun of you who would try to destroy you, who to try to take you off in the track that El Shaddai, Elohim, our God Jehovah, Lord God Almighty, in the person of Jesus Christ, has appointed you to do. Your job. Stick to it. Don't back off and don't back down. I'm sorry if you get tired of hearing me say this. But I will quit saying it when people quit backing down and backing off and quit trying to please everybody under the sun. Take a risk like I did. Take a chance. Don't worry about the consequences when the consequences are in the hands of our Lord God Almighty, in the hands of our Redeemer. You think you're going out on a limb you think you're out to where the limb won't support you? How could the limb not support you when you're standing on the rock? Man, I, you know what? I don't apologize for ending this thing preaching today. Because sometimes i got to preach to myself. Don't you compromise. Don't you falter. Don't you become the righteous person that said, who faltering before those that are in authority becomes the murky spring in a muddy water. You can't drink it. You can't even step in it because you don't know how deep it is because you no longer can trust that person. No, you need to be the David. Every single one of you listening to this, from Washington, D.C. to Kathmandu, in between and beyond, well, I guess it would be in between because you got two ways to go around the world, so everything would have to be in between if you choose both ways to go around the world, right? Okay, I'm a lawyer. Sorry, i got to get things technically correct. 
But you be the David. You be the David that rushes to the battlefield when everybody's fiddling around, twiddling their thumbs because they're too afraid to step out because there's this big behemoth called Goliath that's threatening to take people down. David takes five smooth stones. I wrote a song. I hope somebody would record it someday called Five Smooth Stones. But anyway, he takes five smooth stones. He's done his homework. He's practiced. He's killed a lion with his hands. He's killed a bear with his hands. He's killed things with a sling. And he says, who is this uncircumcised Philistine who dares to speak against the armies of the living God? And armies, they were all compromised. It was David and David alone. Now, this is why I encourage you, wherever you are, whether it's to run for a political office, whether it's to go preaching on the street, to take the word out to the highways and the byways in all areas of life and society. Because you think, well, what's one person? Well, what one person do with Goliath? Knock that sucker deader than a doornail. That Gaza-based Philistine went down with one big thud with one stone between the eyes. Boom! David gets out the sword of Goliath, which was one honking piece of metal, lops that sucker's head off, and the Philistines take off running. And guess what? All the Hebrews who had been holed up in the caves, the quivering, quaking, scaredy cats, who didn't dare to come out after Goliath, now all of a sudden take off in a dead heat after the Philistines, and they ransack them and exploit them, take their goods, they spoil what... It's a big victory. Do you see what you... You, yeah, that's right. I'm looking at you right through the airwaves right now. I'm speaking to you. Listening to this, that can take the Word of God into a place where you might... Be otherwise fearful, that you might otherwise be castigated, that you might be marginalized, you might be attacked or persecuted. But the God in heaven who laughs. KKXX, Paradise, K280GL, Chico, and K283AR. From townhall.com, I'm Keith Peters. The FBI will investigate potential security vulnerabilities at President Trump's Mar-a-Lago Club in Florida. A woman was arrested at Mar-a-Lago carrying two Chinese passports and a device containing computer malware. This matter is embarrassing. Former intelligence officer Nabil Arian says it was good the woman was arrested, but... We cannot ignore the fact that a couple of layers at the very beginning on the outer perimeter of the property did not work. The woman, Yujing Zhang, lied about why she was at Mar-a-Lago. We don't know what the uh, Ms. Zhang did between the time she gained access to the premises and to the time that she was challenged the second time. Arian says guarding Mar-a-Lago is a nightmare because it's a club open to members. I'm Ed Donahue. After complaints from several women about what they called inappropriate touching, former Vice President Joe Biden says he'll change his behavior and be more mindful of people's personal space. Social norms have begun to change. They've shifted. And the boundaries of protecting personal space have been reset. And I get it. I get it. In a two-minute video, the former vice president defends his past behavior but acknowledges that some of his gestures have made people uncomfortable. The Democrat-controlled House Judiciary Committee has voted to give committee chairman Gerald Nadler permission to issue subpoenas for the unredacted special counsel Robert Mueller's Russia report. House Judiciary Committee member Congressman Mark Gatz 
says Democrats are grasping at straws. When the human body sees life expire within it, one of the final sounds that it can make in dramatic and loud fashion is a death rattle. And I would suggest to the American people that what they're witnessing is the death rattle of the Democrats' Russia collusion lie. That is Congressman Matt Gatz, I should say, on Wall Street, that up by 339 points. More on these stories at townhall.com. Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things. 